Not worth the time with Wade Taylor. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Not Worth the Time. I'm glad you guys are back in the saddle with me here. How are your brackets looking? We're in the thick of March Madness right now, and I bet you most of your brackets are totally fucked, dude. <laughs> There's been a crazy opening round. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's pissed off. Warren Buffett's laughing because he doesn't have to give away a million dollars, even though that's like fucking pocket change to him, you know? Every, everybody's losing their mind. March Madness. I I would like to know if like uh, there's a spike in like psychiatric commitments after March Madness. You know, like it's actually a diagnosable um, ailment now. <laughs> you go insane from just making brackets for your work. Going clinically insane. You know, definitely some people have lost their houses. You know what I mean? Just betting and. Just betting on them ponies. <laughs> I'm betting on the ponies. <laughs> betting on these dark horses to win these matches. <laughs> this one guy taking all the lower seeds and everything. He's like, I'm going to take them all. This one big fucking 32-team parlay. <laughs> Let's make an uncut gems about that. Some guy who actually gets every fucking basketball game right at the beginning of March Madness. It can't be done. It just can't be done. What One lady got, like, really close. She had, like, the – I don't know if she had every game right, but she had the final four one year. I think she, she'd gotten it all the way right until the final four, and then, like, her championship wasn't the correct one or something. Or she actually got it all, but she didn't have the correct score. I don't remember if she got it all the way. But either way, it was a crazy story how close she even got. And just some random fan. It just shows you, like, just ignorance will get you so much farther <laughs> when it comes to shit like that. Just not having any idea and just dumb luck will take you so much farther than studying, like, team records and who does well in what gymnasium. They break down statistics like nobody's business. Nerds love sports more than, like, athletes love sports. I swear to Christ. It's just a statistical dream wet dream for nerds they just they look into stats that are fucking nuts like how well you do within the state of indiana when the wind's blowing out of the south <laughs> they break it down into that terminology like anybody is actually that that determines any of your outcome towards your games it's crazy but it's fun. I love watching it. I didn't fill out any brackets this year. I've kind of gotten away from that. There's no, I don't have any like a group of friends who are really into like filling out the brackets anymore. And I don't have like a, a work crew or a work environment where they do that. Fuck. I remember when I worked for, um, for Wells Fargo, they didn't, they would like discouraged it. Like they were like, Hey, just to let you know, you're not allowed to go and do this here during a company time or whatever. It was weird. They, they were totally not okay with us pulling, doing a bracket pool in you bone $5 buy. And they were adamantly against having fun when it came to the March madness. I think they thought it actually was, they, they, they were on that side of thinking it really is a mental disorder. And they were like, we have to promote a good work culture. Uh, we got to make sure that these get all our employees stay mentally fit and nobody gets uh, hurt, hurt feelings because they didn't pick the right basketball team. You know, we don't, we just want to make sure everybody feels included. 
because that's what it's all about, you know. You know, I had a sports injury this week. Uh, I had one, you know, and it sucked. Um, not even playing a sport. I just, uh, I, fi- I, I figured out what turf toe is this past week. I had no idea what it was. I've just heard people talk about it all the time. You know, like it happens to football players. He's got turf toes. So he's going to be out a week or two. And I was like, well, Jesus Christ, what is it like? I always saw like turf toe was some form of gangrene or something. Like you had like a fungus or like some kind of infection in your foot that was just like fucking you up where you couldn't run. It was bad. I was like, damn, man, this turf toe is no big deal. It turns out turf toe is just another name for uh, stubbing or jamming your fucking big toe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did it at work all at the, in the dumbest way possible. Like I had to bre- drag brush and shit to go t- take it to a wood chipper. And we're dragging it down this fucking uh, downhill driveway. And, you know, Iowa winners and the fucking dirt shifting and moving. Of course, one of the driveway uh, plaques is, like, up higher. So when I'm dragging, wasn't paying attention, just trying to pull this heavy-ass brush. And I step, and I just kick my front toe or my big toe on my right foot, right into that fucking thing, and I'm wearing steel toe boots. So that stops it, but it doesn't stop the momentum of my foot going forward into the steel toe. So just concrete steel toe, meat toe, and just jam the living fuck out of my toe. It, I couldn't walk. It, like I didn't realize how bad it was. I didn't know just turf toe was just jamming your big toe. And I get it, man. It fucking sucks. You just favor it. You can't push off of it. Like, if you're a running back who got has turf toe, I get You can't make cuts. You can't You can't push off and get full tilt. You can't go full tilt for, out of the fucking backfield when you got turf toe. I'll never question any. Anytime I hear somebody says turf toe, they got turf toe again, I'm just going to, like, take my hat off and, like, bow in silence. Just like, fuck, man, that sucks. I'm sorry. I had it bad enough where uh, it fucked up my knee because <laughs> I was favoring the outside of my foot. I woke up one morning and I like my knee fucked was, was hurting real bad. I was limping all day. It was so weird. It's like I don't know if anybody's ever like hyperextended their knee where it's just like back too far for too long. And you like stretch it in a weird position, so now it's like super weak. That's what it was. Like I, there was a couple times I almost fell over because like my knee wasn't keeping stable. <laughs> it was a crazy couple days kept thinking I had, like, a spider bite on my leg. I thought I had a brown recluse bite, dude. Yeah, it's been one of those weeks. Just hypochondriac like a motherfucker. Thought I broke my big toe. Thought my knee, like, maybe a ligament was gone. Thought I had a brown recluse bite. That is a spiral of, like, just ailments that I just imagined in my head. That's... It was a weird week, but I'll always respect people who get turf toe now. That shit sucks. It's just weird that they had to come up with a different term for it. Because they didn't want to say we stubbed our toe <laughs> in football. So, like, let's just call it turf toe. You know, it's a little, it's not better, but it, it sounds more believable than stubbing my toe. <laughs> I don't know, man. Stubbing your toes, anything that you do to your feet that, like, injures your feet is, like, the worst thing ever. A rolled ankle, a broken toe when you hit it on, like, a coffee table. I've never hit my foot on a coffee table, but I fucking banged my face off of one learning how to walk. That was fun. I don't remember that, obviously, but I have st- heard stories. So, right on a marble coffee table. That's not giving a giving force at all. Just fucking taking it all in the face. 
Yeah. I I think the reason I am the way I am in a lot of ways is due to head injuries for sure. <laughs> I have so many like fell down the stairs, hit my face on a coffee table, learned how to walk, ran into a basketball pole, ran into the support beam in the basement. You know, I've just got a, quite a few of those. Took a golf club to the head. There's there's quite a few uh, head injuries within that whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, we were fighting through the turf, though, though. It's almost gone now. Like, I can actually bend it all the way. It just has, like, one bruise point on the uh, outside of my toe. So, hasn't been uh, affecting work. I've been able to carry shit and do stuff. You know, it's all good. It's a bitch, though. It's a bitch. So, but I think it's time. Maybe we just hop into what I, I'm running out of shit to talk about that happened in the last two weeks. So maybe I should hop over here into um, the fun shit I found this week for you guys, right? That's what we should do. We should just start getting into that. So a lot of you guys are out here pitching new ideas. You know, it's 2021. Uh, this whole year of coronavirus. I, I love how people are doing anniversary <laughs> goddamn uh, clickbait shit for that now. Hey, let's do, I got an idea. Let's do an anniversary, uh, story of coronavirus. And I saw one news organization, I don't remember who it was, like MSNBC or CNN or somebody. They had a thing where they were like, hey, everybody, we're going to do a cool, depressing story real quick. We're going to have you guys send in the last photo in your uh, phone before lockdown happened. So they asked a bunch of people just to send photos. Uh, like, And I was just like, that's so sad. Like, don't don't ask people to go back and look through their phone and find shit that they have in their phone. Like, hey, remember what life was like before you were depressed and locked in a house forever? Yeah, that's a smart. Good job, CNN, MS, NBC. Just, just make people feel fucking horrible about how they haven't left and they have a vitamin D deficiency now because they haven't been out in the sun. Good good on you guys. But you guys are, you got big ideas now, so you're getting ready to just start launching your new careers and new uh, ideas. You got some you got some inventions you're trying to pitch, you know, you're taking them to the patent office. You know, that's what you're out here doing. But um turns out some of the things you might be doing are killing your great ideas, right? So I got this thing. It's uh, from Inc.com. It's why making eye contact could kill your next great idea. When you look into someone's eyes, you hold each other a your each each other's attention captive. Oh man, <laughs> are you have to tell me uh uh by staring at somebody's eyes you're trying to Stockholm syndrome them into <laughs> into accepting your idea? You're just like see, just lock eyes with me right now, and then you'll be forced to think my idea is great if I can hypnotize you with my eyes. That's insane. Okay, let's find out why eye contact apparently is fucking you over and making a sale here. Eye contact is a powerful tool of social influence. A direct, confident gaze can anchor uh, wavering investors, unsettled competitors, and inspire cynics uh, to believe in you and your product. Uh, A hierarchical leadership structure designates into flat... uh, Corbal leadership styles that emphasize and re it uh, re uh, re un wait wait emphasize under un 
remitting group-wide communication. Man, that why was that word so hard for me? Did you guys just I, you guys just heard and watched that happen in real time where I just like my brain shut down. That's what happens. This is why like when you watch me read these most of the time, I'm skipping over a lot of shit. Group-wide communication, open plan offices. It's hard to ever avoid eye contact. If you're an entrepreneur working on creative ideas, you might not this might not work entirely in your favor. Your brain withdraws from memory its memory cave when <laughs> it gets creative. My memory cave. Okay. I didn't know like when I was trying to be creative, I went into a deep dark hole of hibernation when <laughs> trying to pull ideas. I didn't know my imagination was a fucking bear and it needed a cave. <laughs> you got to go into the memory cave. <laughs> that sounds like some shit an elder Native American would tell you. If you want to get the best ideas, you got to go to the memory cave. It's a rite of passage in order to become a man. It's going into your memory cave and dealing with all of your trials and tribulations inside that memory cave. Jesus Christ. Okay. I swear, I don't have a problem with most people's like messages or what they're trying to get across. It's the terminology they use half the time. Like, just certain adjectives piss me off. Like, can we just... Can you guys just rephrase that so it doesn't make me angry? I don't know. There's just certain words that get overused now, um, such as empowerment. I, I'm sick of that fucking word. It's it's just a buzzword now that fucking motivational speakers use. It's like, God damn it. It means nothing in at this point. Anywho, uh, your brain withdraws from the memory. Okay, okay. When your brain tries to generate new ideas, it rearranges or reinterprets fragments of information you've already carried into your memory. Okay, that makes sense. To do this, it detach, uh, detaches your attention from the outside world and wanders in your memory inventory along an internal processing pathway in, in the recesses of your mind. That's a mouthful right there. Uh, I, it detaches from the outside world and wanders through your memory's inventory along with internal processing pathways. <laughs> uh, internal process, just a conveyor belt of garbage going through our heads constantly. Just da 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 Dude, the amount of recycling going down in there. You, want, you know, they talk about the efficiency of recycling centers and how they're not good. We just need to get human brains somehow involved in, like, the recycling process. We recycle shit constantly. Think about, like, there are three stories in your head, probably of regret, that just cycle through your fucking brain every day. <laughs> I don't know. I do. There's so many times I'm like, God damn it, why am I thinking about this again? <laughs> We've moved on. No, you haven't. I'm still, you're, my brain's still cranking it out, telling me, yeah, remember this? This sucked, didn't it? Oh, my God. EEG study shows how the brain shuts down uh, visually uh, distraction, visual distractions in a moment before a cre uh, creative breakthrough. Your eyes stay closed for longer when you blink, which reduces the incoming visual information that might distract you through the process. I mean, that makes sense. I know, like, I'm Captain Space Cadet for sure. One thing I do a lot when I'm starting to, like, come up with an idea or cr creative, especially like a joke... I'll start, I'll be sitting somewhere and I just stare into a corner. Like, you know, when your ceiling meets your wall 
I'll stare into that corner because there's no, like, you can't hang anything up in that corner. You can't have a picture or poster or whatever. You can't have a little knickknack. You can't put, God forbid you put your pencil cup up there. <laughs> you just always got to climb to the ceiling to get your pencil cup, you know. Uh, but I stare right into that corner, and that's when I just, my brain starts going because there's no visual stimulation up in there. And then I just, everything starts firing off. I look up constantly when I'm thinking really hard when it comes to, like, joke processes. So that makes sense. As your brain shifts through the information uh, held in your memory, it f uh, follows potential threads and gets that might lead to a breakthrough. Yeah, so you spider web is a, a, what I've always called it. Uh, when you look into someone's eyes, you are holding each other's attention captive. A direct gaze is a signal of intent and interaction. In the wild, this intent of signal often signals danger, so years of evolution have programmed our brains to drop everything to be on high alert or the instant someone locks eyes with our with our eyes. Dude, that makes the most sense in the world. Have you ever just been like <laughs> <laughs> and it's not we don't use this for danger really anymore because we're never we're not in danger too often anymore. You're you're pretty like on level so but this we've adapted this eye contact to be like have you ever been in a grocery store and you see somebody freaking out, right? Like some shit's going down, somebody's yelling at uh at a like uh at the cashier for not ringing something up or not accepting a coupon and shit's just getting wild. Right. And it's just like over the top and this person seems unstable and might like do something irrational. And you're in the line with one other person by you and they like turn around and look at you in the eyes and they're like, Hey man, like just, just so you know, so shit's about to go down and you, and you do the head nod. Like, yep, yep. I, I see what's happening. I, I know we might have to like restrain somebody like you, you guys are making a game plan telepathically in your head <laughs> like you're just hoping that you don't have to fuck somebody up in line because they're taking it out on this like 17 year old cashier you're just like I'm, I'm man god damn it okay we gotta we gotta stay on top of this it's so funny it's also you do that if you're the cashier you do the glance over like the, the person's getting loud and then everybody starts turning over and you look over at your manager and you're looking them in the eye like you're signaling for help you're just doing the hey and you come over here and fucking do you help me? Like this fucking person's crazy, and I'm a 17 year old kid. I get paid twelve dollars an hour. This is I don't know what I'm doing. That is a hundred percent what we converted that gaze to be, and it's just trying. It's just using it in customer service. <laughs> That's one reason why I rules when the job I have now. Like I wear sunglasses most of the time, so like people come up and try to talk to me like while we're in the middle of a job and it's just like fuck off dude and i just have sunglasses on and i'll just be looking at them and i can keep a dead straight face but my eyes are just like man i fucking wish you would just go away right now uh it's fucking great anyway uh as a result we react to eye contact by slowing the heart rate down in anticipation for a heightened aware <laughs> awareness. Dude, by staring into someone's eyes, I'm causing physiological changes. That fucking rules. You realize how much power you have that you can just shut somebody down because you're just making eye contact with them. You're just staring at them like, you have to pay attention to what I'm doing right now. And you, they still have on their heart rate and everything. That's so much power. If you're in drop uh, deep creativity, though... Uh, and are in the cusp of a brilliant breakthrough, engaging in eye contact at that moment can kill them. Uh, your moment of insight. 
Your mind detaches from the outside world and focuses on the attention inward as it engages in creative thinking. The eye contact sh uh, stales in process uh, by drawing your attention back outward. Okay, yeah. So rather, if you are make if you make eye contact with somebody when you're in the middle of that, it draws you. You're inside your own head, creating this whole thing. That makes sense. And then you just get ripped right out of it. Oh, dude, I had a joke about this for a while, and it never worked really well. But about just people ruining your inner peace, man. Like, you're just sitting there, and you're just enjoying, like, you're just deep, deep in thought. And you're almost to a deep thought where there is no thought. It's fucking great. And then somebody comes over and, like, at your work station, puts more work on your desk or asks you a question and just fucking ruins it. And you can't snap at them, you know? It sucks. Um, okay, frequent eye contact is irrevertible in the open plan office lack of cubicles and enclosures for privacy can make that particular challenge for creative thinkers while employees might develop strategies such as looking away or de uh, defocusing the eyes uh, as you think others may uh, struggle in such environment if you're a manager encouraging a seating plan where team members work on creative aspects of a project sit at a workstation and face a wall or window rather than a situation that faces other people in the office assign designated private areas for creative thinking yeah if you're a creative worker remember uh medusa the greek uh mythology snake-headed woman okay yeah uh all who looked into her eyes turned to stone when you are lost in creative thought think of everyone around you as medusa <laughs> Dude, this is just great advice for personal life in general. If you don't want, if you just want to ignore people, treat everybody like they're Medusa. <laughs> uh, is this what autistic people feel like every day? That's why they don't look you in the eyes. <laughs> they're just like everyone's Medusa. I don't want to turn to stone. <laughs> don't make eye contact. <laughs> if you don't want your brilliant uh, idea to turn to stone, don't look at anyone in the eyes. <laughs> Your entire your entire workforce is just out to get you, dude. There's no, they just want your ideas to crumble into stone. <laughs> They're like Mount Vesuvius, dude. They're gonna erupt and turn your fucking city into goddamn ash. They turn that idea into just ash and stone and preserve it. <laughs> Dude, treating everybody in your life like they're Medusa because you're constantly on the cusp of a breakthrough idea. <laughs> you just walk through. Sorry, I can't look at you in the eyes. I'm, I'm really I'm close to getting a breakthrough. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna solve the world's problem right here. I'm sorry, I can't be around you. <laughs> oh man, well. There you have it, folks. If you want to just fucking deal with your eye problems, just do that. You know. Uh, and then we got this. I, I thought this would be a fun one uh, to just kind of end on the podcast. Uh, it's eight wilderness rules that are actually myths. Now, these I feel would be pretty important because it's uh, there's a lot of like weird myths out there when it comes to like hiking or doing stuff. So here's we'll go jump right into this. Um, like this one, moss uh, grows primordially uh, on the north side of trees. Uh, the sun travels overhead slightly into the south hemisphere. Uh, Mosh flourishes in shady areas. In the following, in the northern side of the trees, it would be the best environment for it. But in the southern hemisphere, the sun arcs slightly to the north, uh, making the southern side primal real estate for moss. So, yeah, so depending on what hemisphere you're in, like, it will determine 
where you're at, uh, where the moss grows. So if you're in the northern hemisphere, yeah, like that kind of makes sense that the moss grows on the north side. But it's not like the rule. There is there is exceptions to it. So yeah, if you're in the southern hemisphere, it grows on the south side. North hemi, south hemi, north hemi, south hemi. I'm surprised we don't have any kind of like. How come there's no turf war with that? We got war with countries, but we don't have like southern versus northern hemisphere. I'm waiting for that day when we get that like fucking broken down. <laughs> We're just really on top of it. it. Was like, no, just the northern hemisphere is the best. We got Santa Claus. <laughs> what do you got, bitch ass penguins? Oh, I didn't like that a little crackly crack there. Got bitch ass penguins down there, you know. Uh, sorry, my audio went there weird there. Anyway, let's look at the next one. All uh, black and blue berries are safe to eat. That's right. Uh, it turns out the most common rule of thumb of foragers is nearly all white and yellow berries are toxic. About 50% of red berries are poisonous, but most blue and black berries are safe to eat. As a guideline, this isn't bad, but it is good. Uh, it's not good enough to keep you safe. The key word is most. All, not all, uh, consuming black and blueberries without knowing a uh, specific kind of berry could be proved fatal. Uh, for example, poke berries and blueberries of Virginia uh, creepers are lethal. Uh, there's a wild berry edibility test. Um, you can test a berry for uh, is edible. It isn't foolproof either. Uh, the only way to stay safe is don't eat any berries you're not positive that you can identify. Yeah. Um, what is it? Mulberries around here? I don't think they're... I don't know. I can't remember if mulberry trees are poisonous or not, but they're bad. I fucking... The, the birds eat mulberry trees, berries around here like a motherfucker, and they have, like, purple shit. So you just get, like, a uh, nice big old fucking purple dump on your... On your car now and then from birds eating mulberry berries. It fucking sucks. It's got, and then those trees grow up, sprout up everywhere because those birds just shit and there's seeds everywhere. Like they just, they're the worst trees ever, too. Fucking annoying. They're dumb. All right, myth. Let's go to the next one. Running water is uh, potable water. Okay. It. Even the fastest cleaning running stream can be home to the wor oh, waterborne illnesses. A decaying animal, uh, a decaying animal corpse near a stream or an animal defecating in the river can uh, fire away for uh, pesticide or parasites and what such as oh, okay I can't read whatever those parasites are eat uh, to enter the clear, uh, crystal clear current. Okay, yeah, so basically running water does not mean it's clean. It means uh, there could be some shit in it. I mean, you got to boil everything, don't you? Uh, the true running water is less likely to have uh, pesticides than stagnant water, uh, but it just take just because water is surging doesn't mean it's safe. You have to take the time to best to treat water through a filter, UV light, uh, clone, oh, some some tablets you can just fucking drop tablets in water and it makes it better huh anyway however i think you just boil water why are you should just boil all the time right i don't know uh bears are only active at dusk and dawn both black bears and brown bears can be active all any time during the day and even at night uh though it is rare bears are generally uh 
I have no idea what that word is. I'm not going to change. The most active at twilight hours, but that just means they do most of their feeding and foraging during those times. They still predominantly awake most of the day. Uh, it is not uncommon for hikers to encounter bears at high noon. Dude, bears are just out and about. I've never heard of that rule before, but that just seems dumb that you would even try to say that. I saw bears on a golf course one time in Colorado. That was terrifying. All, it was a uh, a big male bear, a big m- mama bear, and then a cub. And, uh, yeah, they, they were they were just like, yeah, if you hit a ball on the woods on that time, just take a drop. Don't fucking go looking for your ball in that on that hole because that's where those bears are. And I was like, Jesus, fuck. They, were so, they had names for all of the animals there. It was ridiculous. There's so many goddamn vermin running around with nicknames out there. All different fucking names, too, of just golf golf brands. But it was just ridiculous. It's like, come on, let's get rid of these fucking awful creatures that are just ruining my golf game. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'll blame a squirrel for fucking up my golf game. Fuck you, Noodle, you fucking piece of shit squirrel. Uh, You can start a fire by breaking two rocks together. Yeah, that's fucking dumb. That doesn't make any sense. You can't do that. Bring a fucking flint stick with you, okay? If you're planning on going to the woods, you might get lost. Always just bring a flint box with you, dude. I'm not even going to read what that says. Just bring a flint box. Venomous snakes always have triangle heads. I I didn't even think that was the case. Like, should snakes have a triangle head? I guess they kind of do. I don't know. You should just stay away from snakes regardless, okay? Like, doesn't matter. Like, don't care about the fucking stripes. Don't care about that. Just stay the fuck away from snakes, okay? And if you get bit by one, fucking go to a hospital immediately. That's what you need to do, okay? Don't fuck around. Don't play these weird guessing games when it comes to these snakes, okay? You fucking, you get after it, okay? Uh, Garlic repels mosquitoes? What? Uh, female mosquitoes, the only ones that bite. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, you learn something new every day. Um, choose their own victims by smelling in sight. Many people claim garlic either eaten or rubbed on the skin keeps mosquitoes at bay. The truth is there's little evidence to back up the vampire claim. Yeah, that's just somebody from Transylvania trying to, like, spread bloodsucker lore. They were just like, yeah, that's how we keep mosquitoes out of here. Those just laughing and keeping their fucking Dracula uh, fanfare alive just by spreading more Dracula rumors. Fuck you. That fucking sucks. That's dumb. Of course, garlic doesn't. But they don't even know what garlic is. I guarantee, like, the mosquitoes aren't even aware of garlic. Like, it's not a thing to them. It's just like a plant somewhere, you know? Also, like, it doesn't, like, it's a root vegetable that sometimes grows in water, doesn't it? So, like, They've probably been around it in a bayou or whatever. I don't fucking know. I don't know where onions grow or where garlic grows, but I don't know. This That seems dumb. Like, it wouldn't, of course, work. And then what, a dead or dormant poison ivy can't hurt. See, this is a bullshit. That That is a bullshit myth. We work around poison ivy constantly at work, and uh, we get warned about it because it sucks. It sucks ass. When it comes to poison ivy, it doesn't matter if it's dormant or not, dude. It'll fuck you up if it touches your skin and it's dormant. Even, like, there's still, like, gross, like, little shit on there that'll fuck you up. Yeah, so just stay away from poison ivy altogether. It's hard to spot, kind of, too. Like, it, it, there is the three-leaf rule, but it's still kind of a pain in the ass. But it is what it is. So, guys, that was uh, the eight things that are myths. 
And uh, you can find the links to all the stuff I, I've talked about today at the uh, with the links down below. So all the links are in the description if you want to read on more uh, or read more smoothly than I do because, you know, I'm sure it's fucking infuriating but it is what it is and uh that's being said if you want to check out more stuff like this you want to go on over to punninggame.com where you have all the episodes of this show all the episodes of who gives it a f a bunch of other podcasts and the empty parlor going right now so check on all that shit at punninggame.com also don't forget to go to the punning game shop pick yourself up a t-shirt or hoodie or whatever from all your favorite shows here at the punning game network uh i'm wearing one of my who gives f's right now the one of the classic t-shirts check that out get your cell phone and don't forget to use promo code nwt pod that's nwt pod for free shipping at checkout that'll get you free shipping so definitely hop on that one guys um i don't i have one show coming up it's a house show in Sioux City, Iowa, I don't even know where it's at, um, but it's at a house show on the 27th of March, so ch come out, check that out, uh, if you're in the Sioux City area, it's going to be a fucking great time, can't wait to do that, um, got some other stuff coming down the pipeline, I just can't announce right now, but I will announce it as soon as I can, um, working on getting some shows around the state and getting re getting some shit done, guys, we're going to put together something and have a blast this summer and fall, uh, doing a, trying to do a lot of shows this year, that's what we're trying to do, and I can't wait to put it all together. But that being said, thank you for checking out the podcast, guys. This has been Not Worth the Time. And remember, turf toe ain't no joke. <laughs>